We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Chris Biederman will join me shortly. He is the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Also covers UC Davis football and high school football in the Sacramento area. So make sure to check all that out at SACB.com. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Um, I can't get over that UC Davis fog game and the high school fog game. Those images are just burned into the back of my head. We'll talk about it once you join the podcast uh, on, on the other side of our little intro here. We're going to talk Niners Jags. We're going to do the pick six. I have a take on this this 49ers Jags game only the sixth time these two teams have matched up so we'll dive into that and why this isn't I think going to just be a, a rollover game for the 49ers so let's get into it Blue Liar. hey this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. So Chris, I referenced in the intro the high school football games you covered mm-hmm. in Sacramento in just dense like impossible fog yeah it was uh it was a little chilly it's not it wasn't like freezing but it was cold and so my initial plan when i got to Folsom high which is where the game was um was to watch from the press box because i'm a pampered ass nfl writer who's like yeah i'm in the press i'll you know you're big league the press i'm what it's what i'm used to i honestly before a few weeks ago i never covered high school football um so, you skipped that part of the beat writer yeah lad, I guess. and so so i like went up and i was like oh this is a horrendous seat like it's pretty foggy so i'll go down to the sideline and i was like oh even the sideline's terrible because the fog was so dense you couldn't see the opposite sideline i didn't see the visiting <laughs> grandstand the entire night and i was on the sideline so yeah, it was super <laughs> foggy. Um, Folsom ended up handling business, and I forget who they're playing this week, but as they are wont to do. Yeah, Folsom's Folsom's good. Powerhouse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jonah Williams went there. Some other guys have gone there. They got they got a couple uh, of guys. Jake Browning. 
Jake Browning is a full-time yes, high I legend. Believe, I believe that's correct. Yes. All right. I'm still Anyways. very new to all this. I'm no Joe Davidson, but I'm getting no, Well, who is? Who is? Joe Davidson's a goat. Anyways, the 49ers played yes. the Jags this weekend. Mm-hmm. And of all the things, when I looked at the 49ers schedule before the start of this year, of all the things that you could say about this week 11 game, I did not think that I would be going into it looking at it the way I do, which is this is not only like a a must-win type of game for the 49ers. It is not, I think, going to be an easy game for the 49ers. This is a game when I looked at the schedule, it was like, okay, we'll chalk up a W week 11 and it's on to Cincinnati, literally. No, it's Minnesota, I guess. But Cincinnati's coming eventually. But... I just don't like coming off the Rams win. That's a really nice win for the 49ers. It gets them to four and five, but you can't go to four and six and lose to the Jags. But I also don't think that you can go into this one. If you're San Francisco going, well, if we just throw our jerseys on the field, it's a W. A, you can't do that in the NFL. B, this is a Jags team that, in consecutive weeks has beat the bills and hung with the Colts for four quarters, like gave the Colts a really good game in Indianapolis. And this is a 49ers team that hasn't proven, frankly, that they're good enough to play a subpar game and win. Right. I just didn't, I had zero vision of that being the case before the year. Right. And then you, you also factor in the fact that, you know, the, the potential emotional swings that you go through playing a home Monday night game, getting a big win, easily the biggest win of the season. Human nature suggests, and we've seen it all the time in the NFL, there are countless examples every season that like, it can be a little bit more difficult to get up for the next game. Mm -hmm. And like Monday night, it like it having a game on Monday night throws the next week off in a really significant way, because on a normal week, players players come in for treatment on Mondays and whatever, but it's mostly an off day. And it's a mm-hmm. day for the coaches to go over the film. Everybody goes over the film um, and then they begin game planning. And then the real game planning happens on Tuesday. Installation happens Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. But on Monday, you got to com- basic when you play Monday night, you basically got to condense Monday and Tuesday uh, into one day. And then you start installing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's difficult in of itself during the week, right? Even more mm-hmm. condensed is the 49ers are probably going to have a half day on Friday because they're flying to the East Coast where you lose three hours, right? So they're probably going to leave at like two in the afternoon, get into Jacksonville late at night. And then Saturday when you have your normal like walkthrough day, it's going to be about, you know, like catching up on sleep and all that. So it's like just having these long trips after Monday games are – they, they shouldn't be something that defines what happens on Sunday, but it's just something you do have to overcome as a football team in the NFL. So sure. that, we'll, we'll see if the 49ers can do that. They haven't had to do that yet because you remember their East coast game in Philadelphia earlier in the year. That was the second game where they were staying out there after, after they stayed in uh, West Virginia against um, after opening against Detroit. So between, between weeks one and two. So this will be a, a dramatic uh, time shift for them. And, you know, there there is the idea that like, hey, we just beat the Rams. All we need to do is play well against the Jaguars. Well, you know, the Jaguars might be a little bit frisky, right? And it and it might not totally 
And like boxers make fights, right? Like the Jags strength is on defense. Well, if Elijah Mitchell can't play and then, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. is your lead back and Trey Sermon's your, your secondary back, like that, that throws things off, right? Like the Niners haven't been good in the games where they didn't have Elijah Mitchell. So that potentially could be problematic if he doesn't play and we don't know if he's going to play. He hasn't practiced Monday and Tuesday, uh, Monday, sorry, Wednesday and Thursday after having surgery on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, like he had surgery on Tuesday and isn't going to practice. It's for sure. No sure thing that he's going to play on Sunday. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but if you don't have him there, it's one of those things where it's like, one factor could avalanche into multiple factors on offense. Like if you struggle offensively in Jacksonville, which the 49ers have done in multiple games this year, then it's mm-hmm. like you're playing to the team's strength. And then that requires your defense to be lights out. And like, do you trust the 49ers defense to be lights out against anybody right now? No. So the, the, the formula is there potentially for this to be a tough game. Um, I'm not necessarily saying I expect it to be like, I'm not saying I think the Jags are going to win, but I think it's just going to be a tougher game than simply like, Hey, just like go play Jacksonville and go handle business against Jacksonville because they're like an actual NFL team with enough old players. And I know the record is what it is and the reputation is what it is, but it's not going to be an easy game for the 49ers. I don't think. Um, and if it is, that's a super positive development, right? Because then you're like, all right, good teams go handle business when they're supposed to exactly mediocre teams subject themselves to all these other variables that we're talking about and let those things impact the game. That's why I bring them up. Like that's the difference between um, a mediocre team competing for a playoff spot and a team that should be in the playoffs is if the Niners go into Jacksonville and handle business, then I think you could think about them differently than a team that's still just two weeks removed from getting blasted at home by Colt McCoy. Right. And that's been the whole thing with them is I say the whole thing with them. That's been, that's been the problem. So they, they beat Chicago and looked good in the second half and it's like, okay, they found it. And then they go face plant against Colt McCoy and the Cardinals at home and look as bad as they've looked all year. And you could almost say the same thing coming out of the bye. you know, they get a Trey Lance start against Arizona and they 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 take the undefeated Cardinals down to the wire. They go into the bye. It's like, all right, coming out of the bye, you get the Colts at home. Good time to get back on track. And then they face plant. Go to Chicago, play well. Looks like they're back on track. And then they face plant. And then they come back out and they beat the Rams at home. Monday night football, dominate the Rams. And now it's like, okay, great. But what is this team now? Because we've seen them look like they were going to write the ship and kind of be this playoff contender that we thought they'd be before the year. And they've come up short of putting together. It's the stacking days is the whole thing, right? Yep. That's their stacking days. Can you stack games? Right. And if they come out, I mean, a win is a win is a win. If they come out and win nine to six, they'll take it. But you would like to see them come out and maybe assert themselves a little bit and say that they are well above the bottom tier where, you know, the, the Falcons and the, and the, the lions and the Jaguars of the world reside. If, but yeah. that said, um, the, the 49ers haven't been good enough to this point. That you can just say like, Oh yeah, they're going to go, they're going to go dominate this game. But if they do, I think it's significant, even though it is, you know, quote unquote, just the Jaguars. 
Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said 100%. And the thing is, for them to make the playoffs this year, that Rams game needs to feel like a turning point. Absolutely. Right? Like, that needs to be the turning point of the season in the sense that, like, okay, you re- you figured things out a little bit, now you went on a run, and now you got yourself back in position to to make the playoffs. And then play well and build yourself up enough and stay healthy enough to where you can be a force within the playoffs. Like, that's that's always a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like, teams start slow and get better as the season goes. That's what the 49ers need to do. Um, and so, yeah, like, that's – you make a great point in saying that, like, they've played well and then face-planted a couple different times, and it's like, you need to change that. That that needs to – that that will give the team confidence in of itself, right? Just be like, okay – we won two in a row. Now let's go get three. Let's handle Minnesota. We've won two. Like three of their next four games are on the road, mm-hmm. right? So they they really need to take advantage of of the fact that Jacksonville, even though it's a tough, it's going to be a road a tough road game. Like they need to take advantage of the fact that the Jags are on their schedule um, yeah. and handle business. And that's not that's not breaking news or or anything or particularly good analysis. But it's it, <laughs> in terms of like. In terms of how we're going to look at this team, if they do go on a run and make the playoffs, that Rams game needs to be it. Because, like, the difference between that Rams game being a turning point and not is, like, the Niners beat the Rams twice last year, and they won 6-10. and 10. It didn't matter at all. Like, right. they beat the Rams. Sure, that's nice. But that was a blip on the radar. It wasn't like they were actually good. Right. right? So that's the difference is, like, they need to make this a turning point and not a blip on the radar. And the other you want to you want to talk about a turning point and I mean the the Rams game is obviously what what we'll look at but I honestly think something that would would help them if they're just a flat out mediocre team that's going to struggle with the Jags no matter what then you know so be it we need to dramatically recalibrate what this roster is but I almost think that more beneficial than 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 beating the Rams is that loss to Arizona where they went into a game and I don't care what they say. I think that they went into that game knowing that like, all right, Kyler Murray's not playing. DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. And you're going to play the entire game in third gear and you get punched in the mouth. It's hard to regain your balance once you've been punched in the mouth and you get careless. You fumble twice. All of a sudden you're down 17, nothing. And it's like, oh crap. Like now the game scripts out the window and you're still playing NFL players. Like when you get, behind 17 nothing it's not easy to come back and it makes it easier on the opposing team regardless of how many pieces they're missing so i almost feel like for this jags game that game against the cardinals is going to be a bigger deal because they've had a lesser opponent come in and 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 beat them down badly where they can look at themselves and i think that you know we've talked about a lack of leadership in the locker room i think i think that's definitely valid but i also think that they collectively kind of looked in the mirror after that Cardinals game and said, you know, that can't happen again. This team is too good to get beat by a team as banged up as Arizona was, or a team that is in the early stages of a rebuild the way Jacksonville is, you know, credit to, to Josh Allen, their defensive end. He's really good. And I think Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good this year. Uh, James Robinson, their running back's a good player. Like they have good players, but they're they're two and seven. They're they they should not be able to hang with the 49ers. And if the Niners go out and dominate this game, I think less than the Rams game, but more that Cardinals game is something you can point to and say they weren't going to let that happen again. 
Yeah, and they should because they have guys in the long term so. that know that know what it takes to win. Like 2019 was valuable because guys know like what it takes to maintain that level of focus and intensity throughout an entire season, even mm-hmm. if you are playing teams that aren't any good. Because ultimately, what was so important about getting to the Super Bowl was getting the number one seed, and that takes bringing it every week. Now, they're not vying for the number one seed right now, but it's going to take a similar level. It's going to take a similar run for them to get what they want in the playoffs. And like a home game is still out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could still, I'm not saying they'll win. They could win the division, but if they're not, you know, if they're the, the, the first wildcard team instead of the third, like there's potential there where you at least get a home game. Mm -hmm. So they could go on a run like that. And then, at least give themselves that, but um, yeah, we'll see. I think that, I mean, they should win. If they're a good team, they win handily. If they're not a good team, then it'll be a struggle. And if they're just like, it would just be a really terrible sign if they like came, if they were healthy and like just lost, (laughs) like it would be like, okay, okay. We're not going to take this team seriously because you can put together a game against the bears and a game against the Rams, but you've laid eggs the following weeks. And that's just, especially, especially after. So (laughs) given the two weeks and Islanders have had where they, they get blown out at home by a banged up Cardinals team and Colt McCoy. And then they go and they, they crush the Rams and you look across on the other side at the Jags who have beat the bills, but the bills kind of went in and, you know, same thing that happened with the Niners and the Cardinals to a lesser degree, but thought they could throw their helmets on the field and they got punched in the mouth and they lose nine to six. And then the Jags go in and they play a division opponent in the Colts and they go on the road and they play them really tough. This is not a game that I don't even think, you know, if you want to look at the records, fine, but given what the Niners have gone through the last two weeks and what the Jags have done the last two weeks, it's impossible. I think to kind of overlook Jacksonville, even with the, a big game if you want to schedule watch even with a huge game coming up against Minnesota the following week. Yeah. I agree. They yeah. Hey, we got to talk about tick pick because the 49ers are back in the thick of the playoff race. And they're on the road in Jacksonville for week 11, but if they win that game they're at 500 and they're coming home to face the Minnesota Vikings who are going to be right there with them in the playoff chase. And that game in week 12 at Levi stadium against the Minnesota Vikings could go a long way toward determining uh playoff seating and whether one of those teams either does or does not get into the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Players talked about it, how awesome the fans were on Monday night football and the Niners are going to need that in week 12 against a good Minnesota Vikings team. Chris, I actually used tick pick over the weekend when I was in Arizona, I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine. And we didn't have a plan. That was our running bit is that I went and visited him in Arizona. We didn't have a plan. We're hanging out and we're sitting there Saturday night. We're like, Hey, the Cardinals are at home tomorrow. Let's go Panthers in town. Cam Newton on the sideline. We didn't know Cam was going to play like, yeah, let's go. Let's go hang out and watch, watch Cardinals Panthers. And he goes, okay, well I'll check and see tickets. Well, I said, I got this. So I went to TickPick. I looked at it and found great prices. And I told him, Hey, here's how much the tickets are. It's just get in the door. You know, we don't we don't need to sit on the 50 yard line or anything. Just getting in the door. And he said, okay, but what's like the actual price? So what are you talking about? That's the price. 
And he said, no, no, no. After all the fees and stuff, like how much is this going to cost me? And I said, dude, this is TickPick, bro. They've eliminated the fees. This price I'm showing you is the price that it is. We're going to go sit in there and we're going to drink expensive beer and we're going to watch PJ uh, Walker and Cam Newton light up the Cardinals. I didn't say that because I didn't know Cam was going to play, but you get it. That's what we ended up doing. It was an incredible time. And you can have that same incredible time at Levi Stadium in week 12 when the 49ers host the Minnesota Vikings if you just go to TickPick. They've eliminated all those service fees to make the tickets so much more expensive than they look. It is the best ticket buying experience that you can have. If you can find better prices for the same seats on a different ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. And you can visit TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's right. Hit up TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's not. If they lose this game, there's bigger problems than the 2021 season. I I think the biggest point here is like for me is it's going to take like a B plus A minus effort for them to win. Mm -hmm. Like if they roll in and bring a C plus like they're going to lose. I think so too. Let's get to pick six. Um, fun nugget before oh, we, we got a nugget. Six. Pre, I have pre a good pick nugget. six nugget. I told you, well, I, I, I talked to you about this nugget before and I told you I was going to do some research and I did. You're welcome. Did, did your own research teams on Monday. I did my own research. 
teams on Monday night, teams who have won on Monday night this year are 8-0-1. 8-0-1 the week after playing, uh, winning on Monday night football. So week one, the Raiders beat Baltimore on Monday night and then went to Pittsburgh and won. Green Bay beat Detroit on Monday night and then came to San Francisco and won. Uh, Dallas beat Philly and then uh, beat Carolina the next week. The Chargers beat the Raiders the following week. They beat Cleveland. Nice win for them. Baltimore on Monday night beat Indianapolis and then beat the Chargers the following week. Tennessee had that Buffalo win and then beat Kansas City the next week, which is pretty banana. So uh, New Orleans beat Seattle, had that weird game against Seattle where they had to win on the field goal and then beat Tampa Bay the next week. Uh, Kansas City beat the Giants and then beat Green Bay with Jordan Love starting. And then Pittsburgh beat Chicago and then they tied Detroit, uh, which is where we get the 8-0-1. So it's not like the teams playing on Monday night are just kind of playing pushover teams. I don't know. It's a weird... It's a weird, uh, it might just be a coincidence. This is the NFL equivalent of like going out on a Friday night, my doing it really some. big, and then being really hungover Saturday morning. But instead of just deciding to be hungover, you just decide to like keep it going and then party during the day on Saturday. And sometimes that Saturday can be more fun than the Friday night. Does that make sense? Does this only happened to me? <laughs> I'm not, so I know that there's going to be been a, a long lot of people, time. I'm, I'm, there's, I just want to make it clear. I don't party like that very often. Eh, it's only on like trips or like birthdays or stuff or something. But that that second night has been fun. Golf or trips to day, Yeah, that second day sometimes can be more fun than that initial evening. I believe you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people listening who are nodding vigorously right now. Like you tell them, <laughs> I have always been a huge baby when it came to hangovers. Yeah, And when I have woken up the next day and someone's like, yeah, hey, we're going to go down to brunch and get mimosas. I'm like, hell no, I'm never drinking again. I'm never drinking again, guy. I think you should give it a shot. You know, uh, I'm 31 now. I've reached the point physically where my goal when I drink <laughs> is to just not be hungover. It's why so, I've started partaking in THC. So so there's one there's one that's marijuana. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there's there's one trip in particular I think about. And like I went to San Diego where a bunch of my friends live for a birthday weekend. And like we went out Friday night and then woke up Saturday morning. Um, and then my buddy had scheduled or like d- had uh, already committed to being in a beer tasting thing, like in a limp, like they him, him and his other group of friends got a limo for like beer tasting around San Diego and we were like looking at each other in the living room like just doing bad and then i at my first thought was no way like if i drink again like it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible right we ended up going and it was the most fun day ever. <laughs> <laughs> i've got part... i've got a bachelor party coming up in february so we'll see how that goes oh am i have you sent out invites yet um, mine hasn't come yeah oh okay we'll talk <laughs> off air about that that's fine we can have that awkward conversation um no so um, I think what we should do is we'll do another event at Cooperage. Um, Cooperage, FYI, we're gonna do this. <laughs> uh, our our buddies over at Cooperage. I had such a good time there. Yes. Um, but it was a little bit of a whirlwind for me because I didn't know really what to expect, and I would like to go do that again. Um, maybe drink less of the porter this time. 
because while delicious and I'm currently devising a way to get down there to buy some more for the winter, um, it was not probably the right move that night. But I would like to go down there and drink a lot of Cooper's beer again. And then we can stay and then do it up again Saturday. And you can take me through this uh, mythical process. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like fun. Because you've promised that Saturday would be more fun than the Friday. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Porter after a bunch of hazies is the best choice. Yeah, I'm sure there's some chemical thing that was that was that was bad. But, you know, it was fine. I had a good time. Yeah, I treat great time. Yeah, great time. I treat good porter. Anyway, too, let's oh. let's stop talking about drinking. That makes us look degenerates because we're not. These are just <laughs> this was just, this was just an analogy Sidebar. for the for Kyle's, you know, the why you win after the Monday night thing. That was that's all it was. Yeah, I get I mean, maybe, but eight oh and one this year with the only loss <laughs> or the only tie being the Steelers when they lost their starting quarterback like two days before the game. Yeah. So um, we have new music for the pick six. We do. Hey, Tyler, drop that sick ass intro. It's so fire. <laughs> I love it. I just got, well, I, I was walking and I had my headphones in. And so Siri reads my text messages to me and it just said, Tyler, uh, Tyler sent you a message and with nothing else, because when you said, when you send an attachment, that's all it says. Right. I was like, that's weird. And then you responded. I was like, what is it? And so I look, I listened to it. It's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about it. Tyler, Tyler's the man. He is the goat. So it's pick six. <laughs> If you're unfamiliar with the bit, we pick six guys, three players each that we think are going to have a good game for the 49ers against the Jaguars and or the for the 49ers that week. And then we um, go back over it in our postgame pod and see who won. We are playing for bragging rights this year because we came up with this bit on the fly. So I'm going to pick for I pick first this week. I don't remember. Um, let me check last week. Where was Jimmy Ward's sixth? Yeah, so I picked second last week because I very smartly picked Jimmy Ward. Can I um, pick Mac Jones? Boy. 22 of 26, 207 yards. He has thrown an interception. And he's been sacked three times. He did. But... AJ Terrell's a good player. The Falcons stink, bro. <sighs> I'll give Kyle Shanahan credit. He was right about Mac Jones. <laughs> Boy. At least it looks he like sure it. was. At least it looks like it. All right. First pick. I would be remiss if I did not pick Debo Samuel. Um, I I just with with Elijah Mitchell banged up. I don't know what Jeff Wilson Jr. is gonna look like, whether he's gonna look like he did last year or kind of look like he did the first two years. I'm gonna start with the 49ers best playmaker. They've figured out how to get the ball in his hands in all three levels of the field. They handed off to him. Um, he's a touchdown machine last week. I just, it feels like if their offense is going to get on a little bit of a roll here, I think it's going to revolve a lot around, around number 19. Good point. 
Debo Samuel's good. Um, I wonder, like... Also, the Jags just don't have a lot of good players. One of their starting safeties, I was looking it up today, his name's Andrew Wingard, has 16 missed tackles. He has a missed tackle rate of, like, 26%. And if you are already bad at missing tackles and then you're trying to tackle Debo Samuel in the open field, like, that equals a big play. So, I just... if he gets the ball on the move, he's breaking two tackles at least. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, good pick. I I have no other analysis than, than to say it's a good pick. Thanks. Um, I wonder too, like, if Debo Samuel continues this, like playing at this level, I wonder, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to win the award, but I wonder if there would ever be like Debo Samuel is – one of the five most got most voted guys for offensive player of the year. Or maybe yeah. like one of the top non quarterback. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think you're looking at like all pro stuff for sure. When, it, yeah. when you come to offensive pro, player that's of the probably, year, though, that's, that's probably a better barometer. The, the offensive player of the year stuff. I think you're right. I think he's in the conversation. There's just like, if Cooper cup is going to keep putting up yards the way he's putting up yards, like Matthew Stafford was terrible last week and Cooper cup was still awesome. Yeah, Cooper Cup had like 70 of his yards in garbage time. Yeah, it does, it, the, the voters aren't going to look at that. They're going to look at the fact that he's going to have 2,500 receiving yards. Right. Um, I, I, have a, I have a choice that's motivated by an anecdote. Oh. Um, my, the second overall pick, my first uh, of this pick six, is going to be Fred Warner. Um, and I asked Fred Warner this week because like it's been pretty clear like he's not having the type of season that he was expected to have and i don't think he's been terrible but he hasn't been great right like his numbers Mm -hmm. across the board like particularly in coverage are down um he's just not really impacting the running game as much as as you're used to and he's not playing like an all pro right now so i asked fred warner at uh practice or at availability on wednesday just like how do you think your season's going and then he just like says like it's not it's not great it's not up to my standard and then someone else i think eric branch asked him like does the contract have anything to do with that and he said you know i was trying to do too much and all of that and and um grant Cohn asked him another question uh, about it and he gave a really good answer um but ultimately fred warner was up on stage talking about how bad of a season he's having and how much it eats at him he said it was like the worst thing in the world um that, that was his actual quote And so, like, now that that's out there, I think I'm expecting Warner to have a a better game. Like, if he's healthy, like, this could be one of those games where he, like, snaps out of it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm picking him, because Fred Warner is very – the Jags like to run the ball a lot. Um, I'm sure Fred Warner would love to uh, – no, I guess he wasn't teammates with Carlos Hyde, was he? Uh, Nope. Well, he'd like to hit Carlos Hyde anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a linebacker mentality, was teammates with Carlos Hyde. Right, they're just not going to be on the field at the same time. Mm, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Fred Warner because now that that's out there, I expect him to come and play with a, a different sense of focus, and and his hair is going to be on fire. And um, so yeah, that's he's my guy. I think he'll. I think he could have a turnover too. How about that? He had a good game against the Rams. Yeah, he did. I like that pick. I like that pick very much. I'm going to stick on the defensive side and I'm going to the fact that 
the Jags two starting tackles um, have allowed a combined 48 pressures this year. And that's a lot. So you're taking and, Jordan Lewis? Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Samson come again is my pick. <laughs> now I'm going to go with Nick Bosa because Cam Robinson, the Jags left tackle, is coming off an injury. He has given up 26 pressures in 359 pass blocking snaps. That's according to Pro Football Focus. Um, Trevor Lawrence has a tendency to hang on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, and I just, I, I could see Nick Bosa having a multi-sack game where, um, he has one of those games where he's not just impactful, like by the eye test. I think he's going to have the box score to match it. And I think he's going to have a huge game against a Jags team that just isn't frankly, I think equipped on the coaching staff and from a roster standpoint, equipped to slow down Nick Bosa to the point that he's a non-factor. I agree. I think he's a good pick every week because he gets sacks and impacts the game just about as much as anybody on the field every week. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I'm going to go with George Kittle because that's probably a good move. I can't believe he lasted four. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we try to mix it up because if we go chalk every week, it wouldn't be a great segment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Kittle has, has scored touchdowns in back-to-back games for the first time. Um, one thing that's been sort of an interesting part of George Kittle's game, it was like, you know, 2018, he scored a bunch of touchdowns just on like, you know, 40, 50 yard plays. Um, Mm -hmm. he hasn't gotten one of those yet, but one, one of the knocks on him back then was like, well, what about Kittle is like a red zone target? Cause those 49ers (laughs) teams weren't particularly good in the red zone Mm -hmm. and you have Kittle on your team and it's like, what's going on? Um, and that's not to say the Niners always had great quarterback situations, given that Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt for a lot of it, but. Um, now we're seeing Kittle being sort of a red zone weapon where you can just throw it high to him and he can make contested catches. Like we we've known for, I think since early last year, um, that George Kittle is a better player at contested catches. And now we're seeing that translate into red zone opportunities. So Mm -hmm. I think the 49ers get to the red zone. If they do not, uh, run it in with one of their running backs and or Debo Samuel, then, um, I think George Kittle is more, is most the most likely passing target to catch a touchdown and maybe he catches multiple touchdowns. So he's my pick. I really like that pick. It's very clear that he's healthy. Not only are they going to him in the red zone, 11 catches for 151 yards and two touchdowns the last two weeks. So the first four games, he was at 19 catches for 227 yards and no touchdowns. Like he very much just looks like George Kittle again. And that, that 12 catch 160 yard two touchdown game is coming. Yeah. That's something. And, and you know, miles Jack is a good player, but I I don't know that miles Jack is going to be the guy who can just match up with George Kittle. And I don't know that, that I mentioned Andrew Wingard, one of the, the Jag safeties who has a 26% missed tackle rate or whatever it is. I I just, the the Jags don't have the horses defensively to, to hang with George Kittle. And (laughs) Josh Allen, their edge rusher, is a guy who I think can. But if they're dropping him into coverage, the 49ers are going to score 50 points. I also think Kittle can probably block Josh Allen in the running game. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. Josh Allen's a good pass rusher. Probably not going to be great if if they can throw those double teams on the edges at him. Mm-hmm. But he is a really good pass rusher. He is. Do you want to give him credit there? <laughs> Fifth pick. Do I want to? Hmm. Hmm. 
Speaking of Josh Allen, I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to pick Trent Williams because if Josh Allen has a quiet game, I think the 49ers are going to score a ton of points. But if they get in a situation where he's in the backfield and he's wreaking havoc, um, we could see the 49ers struggle in a little bit the same way that that the Jags and, and frankly the Colts did a little bit to put up points on on Jacksonville. But Trent Williams is in the process of having, if you're into pro football focus, into the PFF grades, he's in the process of being of having like the best overall season ever for any player. Mm-hmm. He's just been he's been outstanding as a run blocker, as a pass blocker, and I, I just. The Niners are going to try hard to make sure that Josh Allen is not beating them, and that's going to start with number 71. And I could just see him really having a dominant game where we get the Brian Baldinger video breakdowns, hashtag Baldy breakdowns, and you know he does the look at Trent Williams. That's Josh Allen, and he does the whole thing on how awesome Trent Williams is. So I like Trent to have a, to have a good game, to have a loud, good game for an offensive lineman. Um. Josh Rosen just threw a pick six late in this in, in garbage time against the Patriots and got replaced. And the guy replaced him number 15. Apparently the Falcons have three quarterbacks active on game day, which is wild. But the guy well, who replaced they have... him just, just threw a pick. There's a minute 20 or a minute, 12 seconds left. Anyway. Um, oh, all right. I like your Trent Williams pick. Um, I am going to go. We're at the point in the draft. I.e., the last pick where you, you need to take a flyer. Right. You need to take a big swing like your Jimmy Ward pick last week, which was inspired. It was an inspired selection. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to pretend to be inspired here. And I'm going to take great. Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, I'm going to try the JWJ thing again. Yeah. Going to try it again because you know what? Even if Elijah Mitchell plays, I just, I don't like, Five days after finger surgery for an NFL running back, it just seems like a lot. Um, If he doesn't play, then Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be the beneficiary in terms of carries. Um, And we've seen Jeff Wilson Jr. have really good games when the 49ers want to establish the run. The one that pops into mind, of course, is the win over the Patriots. Speaking of the Thursday night game. Um, last year when the Niners went to Foxborough and won there and Jeff Wilson Jr. went bananas with three touchdowns in less than three quarters, I think. Um, So that's my big swing. I'm going Jeff Wilson Jr. this week because I think the 49ers are going to want to continue to run the ball a lot. Uh, 30 times, I think, was probably going to be the minimum. Um, And I would think Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to get a lot of those carries with the potential to put to get to get Pater put points on the board over or under half a carry for Trey Sermon. You're asking me that, like, do we know that Elijah Mitchell's playing or not? No. I'll take the over. I got, I mean, the guy the went to fact, my school, man. Do you want to know how much the 49ers don't like Trey Sermon? They just, for what Elijah it, Mitchell Shanahan, is Shanahan by far was... their best running back. And they let him carry it 27 times. After he was limited in practice all week with a rib injury, <laughs> he got garbage time carries. Yeah. They were up 31 to 10 with four minutes left. 
and they couldn't put their third round running back on the field. Yeah, it's a tough scene. Oh I don't God. know what they're doing. I'm, like honestly, I don't. I don't really have an explanation for it. Kyle Shanahan was trying to downplay it this week and say like, it's nothing we, against. We watched the game, Sermon. You know, it's just that Elijah Mitchell beat him out and blah blah blah. It's like, you do can you say think... whatever you want in a press conference? You're not giving him any carries. Yeah, like, we literally. Wa- right, we no watched carry. Monday night. We watched it be 31 to 10, and you continued handing the ball to a hurt elijah mitchell yeah that's insane <laughs> it is insane. two fourth round picks for trey sermon give him a touch yeah he caught a kickoff can't take a handoff do you think any of that I, I was thinking about this because in the moment i was flummoxed i was like this is malpractice what's happening like cut trey sermon if he if the, like use that roster spot for something else <laughs> if that's like literally like literally yeah, that's kind of what if he but, can't even but, get in the game in that situation but part of me subscribes a little bit to the theory that he was drafted to play with Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I subscribe there's, to that theory. There's another part of me that wonders if Kyle Shanahan is still super gun-shy after what happened in week one, where he's afraid that if he puts Trey Sermon on the field and he fumbles and the Rams take it back for a touchdown and then get the onside kick and score a quick touchdown, all of a sudden it's a seven-point game with a minute and a half left. Yeah. like I just – I could – that, I thought about that because, like, I was thinking, why not put Trey Lance in here? But it was also like, well, Trey Lance has had sort of procedural issues and like fumbled snaps. And mm-hmm. if you're doing like shotgun runs and whatever, like, if they were, it up, makes sense why you just keep Jimmy Garoppolo in that game. So I guess the same could be true. Especially after what happened in week one. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. So you took Debo Samuel first. I went Fred Warner. You went Nick Bosa. I went George Kittle. You went Trent Williams, and I went JWJ. JWJ. So Dark we place. Shall, we shall see. Um, you think the Niners win? Yes. By a lot? Yeah. Maybe not by a lot, but I think the line has cut. Oh, the, the first line I saw was like seven points. Um, it's yeah. now down to like six and a half. I think they can win by at least a touchdown. I mean, if you were to if you were to bet, like if you were just like a sharp and you weren't a Niners fan or like a follower like us, you would see Jacksonville plus six and a half over a below 500 team at home. And you would say, I'm hammering the Jaguars just mm-hmm. like from a betting perspective. I'm not talking about to win the game. Um, you know, but maybe the Niners cover. Okay. Yeah. If they cover, it'll be you. You'll feel a lot differently about them. Let's say that. Right. If they if they come out and they just kind of just roll and win twenty seven to three or twenty seven to ten and just never really don't have control of the game, I think that's ideal. Where it's like, okay, now they're five and five. Things get real now because if they beat Minnesota, they have a playoff spot. Right. Kind of thing. So that's that's where. That's what I'll be like. A win is a win is a win. And if they win 10 to six and it's ugly, but you know, they kind of get it done. You'd still feel okay. If you're San Francisco, but I would not be surprised if I was betting, I would bet on them to cover and I wouldn't be surprised if they do so comfortably, but I also thought they were going to put the beats on Arizona. So 
I think it'll look like the Bears game. That's my prediction. They'll like struggle in the first half. Maybe it's close and then they'll pull away in the second half. Okay. We'll see. I can see that. We shall see. I just don't, if they, the, like I said, there's, there's a bigger conversation to have beyond 2021. If after all this, they come out flat, (laughs) fully understanding that it's a 10 AM West coast kickoff and, and Patrick Willis, if you have not listened to our interview with Patrick Willis, go back and do so. It's really good. Pat is incredible, but he talks about how much he hated 10 AM West, uh, West coast time starts. They're so different. Yeah. They're so different for players from a schedule standpoint. So I, I, I think that's, that's probably right. It wouldn't surprise me if they came out slow, but kind of asserted control as the game goes on. Yep. Go listen to that Pat interview. It was awesome. Um, I think it's my favorite interview pod we've done and uh we'll talk to you guys we'll have one the schedule is a little bit weird this week because they played on monday night so apologize for that but we should have a podcast i don't know your schedule kyle but sunday night should we pod sunday night oh we will pod sunday night okay we'll pod sunday night so there'll be a new pod episode out monday and uh we will recap pick six with our awesome drop shout out to tyler and incredible And if you want to hear me talk about the 49ers game before the game, I'm on 95.7 the game from 9 to 10 a.m. After you're done with this, you want to talk about the Niners game before the game, tune into the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you should do. All right. You're welcome. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you guys later. I don't know if I've ever talked about that, that I work in 95.7. Do it, Chris. Goodbye.